Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Today, I wanna dive into medical mistakes. Basically, how are you supposed to respond when a medical mistake does occur? The reality is, is if you're in this profession long enough, you're going to make a medical mistake. And if you are in a leadership position, someone on your team is gonna screw up. That's just what happens. And we have big mistakes that unfortunately do result in patient death. And we have minor mistakes where we catch it right before it happens. How are we supposed to manage medical mistakes? How are we supposed to respond to them? And how are we supposed to process them? Because unfortunately, the reality is, is we're human. We are not a machine. and. We will make mistakes. And if you're in a leadership role, what does that look like? How are we supposed to protect ourselves? How are we supposed to react? What are we supposed to do with the person who's made a mistake? So let's dive into medical mistakes. Now in human medicine, it is very common to have something called medical error reporting. This is very common. Unfortunately, in veterinary medicine, we don't really report our medical mistakes. And when I'm talking about common in human medicine, pretty much every single human healthcare hospital has a way for nurses and doctors and other individuals to log on. Usually it's anonymous, we'll dive into that. And they go ahead and log the medical errors that occurred. So medical error reporting is very, very common. In fact, a large percentage of hospitals actually share information with each other. In veterinary medicine, again, super uncommon. How many of you actually track your medical errors that occur in your own hospital? Yeah, that's what I thought, almost none of you. And don't worry, you're not alone. But how can we learn from our mistakes if we don't record them? How can we look for trends and help to prevent if we have no way of actually recording them? So we want a way to log medical errors and we want to start tracking themes in our hospital. The reason why we tend to ignore them is, well, many people fear retaliation. You, you want me to, to own up to the fact that I gave, you know, 500 mils of sub-Qs instead of only 300 mils? I, I wasn't paying attention. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I want you to own up to that. I want you to write it down. I want it to be logged because it is important that we figure out what went wrong so that we can prevent it in the future. Another reason why, unfortunately, people often don't log medical issues is because they may not see it as a medical mistake. They don't realize that the infection from the catheter site was because, unfortunately, the way they placed the catheter caused the infection. They just think, ah, well, that sucks. We haven't had that many infected catheters. I'm sure it's not a big deal. There's a ton of human healthcare studies indicating that when we report medical errors, guess what happens? They go down, they decrease in issues. But what about veterinary studies? Are there any veterinary studies or data to suggest that reporting medical issues actually helps to decrease medical errors? Well, there are actually. There's not a ton of studies, but there are some. One was out of the British Journal of Veterinary Medicine. And what they found is it was a voluntary reporting system. People could just log in and go ahead and report their medical errors. And what they found is 102 of those reports that came in were because of medication dispensing mistakes. And here's the crazier part. 18 of those mistakes were because the name of an NSAID and an antibiotic were mixed up. And this led to 12 cat deaths. What? So 18 of those mistakes were because of a drug name that was very similar to an antibiotic, but it happened to be an NSAID. And of those 18 mistakes, 
12 of them led to cat deaths. Do you want to know how they solved this problem? Well, they just went to the manufacturer and said, you have to change the name of the NSAID. You can't have it be so close to the antibiotic name. And guess what? Done. The problem was resolved. So over time, we have the ability to identify trends that may lead to multiple mistakes. And think about this on a more global or larger impact. If you work for a company, a corporation that has multiple hospitals, wow, the data you can collect and the ability to be able to prevent mistakes is unbelievable. So we wanna make sure that we are recording and logging these mistakes because in the end, we can look for trends. Whenever we're doing medical error reporting, it needs to be online, it needs to be anonymous, and it needs to be secure. All right, so online makes it easier. I know paper, some of you are still doing paper, one, trees, environment, all that other stuff, and two, we really don't want to have that paper get lost or be found by somebody. And so while the cloud is not 100% safe and secure, it will allow you to populate data for years. And this is really important. And so online is very important so that we can keep adding to the data and things like Google Forms, and there's plenty of other wonderful survey places out there. It allows your employees to input data, just use a couple questions, and then that data gets populated to Excel spreadsheet or other user-friendly data collection sites so that you can go ahead and keep it and keep looking at it and it will constantly tabulate and update. Anonymous, you have to make it anonymous. And listen, I know what you are all thinking, but Amy, how do I punish the offender? If I don't know who it is, what am I supposed to do? Managers often worry that if it's anonymous, people aren't gonna fess up to the mistake. The reality is, is that when the mistake is large enough, everybody knows. If it results in a patient death, yeah, everybody already knows that. But it's the little mistakes, the almost happened mistakes, the ones that uh, the employee knew it wasn't really gonna cause any harm, so they don't say anything. Those are the mistakes that you're not being notified of because they're afraid of actually getting in trouble. Small mistakes are the ones that pile up over time and then cause a bigger issue. A great example, if we go back to that sub-Q fluids, may not seem like a big deal, but maybe that employee was distracted. Maybe they're not the only one that keeps, you know, giving an extra 100 or 200 mLs of sub-Q fluids to a dog. And the reason why we have anonymous error reporting is because the employee knows they're not gonna get in trouble and that they're actually helping to benefit the hospital. We start to look for trends. Go back to that catheter mistake. You know, unfortunately someone didn't scrub properly. You now have a catheter infection. But they don't think anything of it. They pull it, the animal has phlebitis, we ignore it. We don't report it. Fast forward to a month later, and now we have another dog or cat with another phlebitis, inflammation, looks infected, eh, that person just ignores it. I mean, these things happen, right? Not a big deal, we don't need to write it down, that's silly. Fast forward to another week from now, we get another catheter. Fast forward another week after that, we get another catheter. Fast forward maybe five days from now, we get another catheter. You see where I'm going with this. Those small mistakes are the ones that are getting missed because again, people are afraid that they are going to have retaliation from leadership or their peers. But when they can log online and say, uh, a catheter seemed really infected or inflamed, that's a lot less scary, especially when they know it's anonymous. Can you imagine the person who found the catheter that didn't look so great? Do you go back to the person who placed it and be like, what the hell did you do? This is a terrible looking catheter site. Did you not scrub properly? 
So being able to follow up from a management standpoint is going to be better when things come in anonymously. Because again, it's those small things that every single one of our hospitals are missing. So what are some of the common medical mistakes that occur in veterinary medicine? It can't be that big of a deal. I mean, we know about the big ones, the ones that result, unfortunately, in a patient death. But what are the more common ones? Number one most common mistake, medication errors. That's right. It's because people are rushing around and they're not thinking and this causes an error. So how do we combat against them? Well, most of the time when you hear about a medication error, it's because of a pet owner. They've gone home with the wrong kind of medication. Either they're not the right quantity or the tablets look completely different. And they call you up and they are pissed. They're usually pretty angry. They want to know what was the drug in the vial? Why didn't the person count out how many? Especially if it's an expensive medication. And so unfortunately, those are the ones you hear about. But all the other medication errors of the people who are being sent home with the wrong quantity or even the wrong medication, you don't hear about it. You don't. We could have given out the completely wrong antibiotic. Maybe it works. Maybe it totally works, or maybe it doesn't, or maybe there's an actual issue. Maybe we gave out the wrong dose, and that's why the pneumonia has never cleared up. So when we start thinking about medication errors, when we start logging them, we can look for trends. And how can we help our team combat against those medication errors? Really, visual reminders are the big one. Repeat the visual reminders a a few times at every single meeting. And there's these five R's that registered nurses are taught about all the time. And it's like a Bible to them. And I think that, you know, vet techs, vet nurses, we learn about the five R's, but then it's, there's no reminder in the hospital. We don't talk about medication errors. Registered nurses are told time and time again to pay attention to medication because it's one of the most common errors that occurs. And so the five R's are the right drug to the right patient, the right dose to the right route to the right time. But I'm going to argue that the sixth R, and I'm going to take some liberties with the English language, is to write it down. Yeah, I know it's not really an R, it's a W, but The reason why I say write it down is because one of the reasons I see medication errors occurring is when we scream out verbal orders from a doctor to a veterinary technician or nurse. So please write down your drug orders, write them down. That would be the liberty with the six R there that I have there. Um, But put that on your walls, make sure people really understand. Make sure we don't forget that every single time we're doing pills or injections or whatever it is, we are going to double and triple check everything. That's super key. Another big common mistake that we see is IV fluid pump mistakes. You know, unfortunately, especially when we're dealing with trees of life, you know, multiple pumps, multiple fluids that are going into veterinary patients. So label, 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 label the lines. Especially if you're in an emergency hospital situation and you're giving a bolus, I have seen this happen. Someone put in 500 mils an hour. We're trying to do a 500 mil bolus over the course of an hour. And then the pump beeps. And you guys all know when the pump is beeping, that is your sign, that is your call sign to, to go over and stop that annoying beeping. We all know what that beep sounds like in our head. We go over there and then we just hit, oh, look at that, the bag still has half more to go. Total volume infused still is to 500 mils. You plug in 500 and you hit go. Not even realizing that the rate is way too high. I've seen patients actually overdose on double boluses for that reason. So label, label, it's a bolus, label the rate, double check the rate, make sure we double check constantly, go back to your IV fluid pump and make sure it's working properly. 
Another big common medical mistake we see is pop-off valves. Oh my gosh, are we still talking about pop-off valves, people? Yeah, how is this still an issue? I have no idea. How many pets have died? I can tell you quite a few because I know quite a few that have died from pop-off valve-related issues. And just when I think, surely the world knows that there are ways to prevent pop-off valve deaths. I see another one occur. I see it on social media or I see it firsthand, unfortunately. So pop-off valve deaths are very common. It is one of the largest veterinary medical mistakes that we still have going and has been going for quite some time. I just don't understand why it's such a thing because all you really need to do is upgrade your anesthesia machine. <laughs> Serious people, there are like restrictors that you can put on your pop-off valves so that you cannot um, go ahead and close off those valves. So please upgrade your anesthesia machine and you should be terrified of the pop-off valve. And then if you are closing off the pop-off valve, you're gonna announce it and you're never gonna let your hand go. Actually, please don't do this to your employees, but this is a true story and this is where we've come in the form of education. I went to school in the 90s and I had a very crotchety anesthesia teacher. What she did teach us was, you should be terrified of the pop-off valve. And if we went to touch the pop-off valve, we were not allowed to let go of it if, unless it was completely open. If we moved our hand, even slightly, she would slap our hand. Not hard, but she did slap her hand. And I think you probably can't get away with that. She has long since retired. But you know what? She put the fear of God in me when it came to the pop-off valve. Um, but I guarantee you, if you've had a pop-off valve death in your hospital, it's terrible. That's a terrible thing to have to deal with. And unfortunately, we don't put in a lot of preventative measures so they don't occur again. I wish we sort of did collect data, especially again, this is where big companies can collect big data so they can look across their entire hospital subset and say, ooh, this is how many patient deaths we've experienced because of X, Y, and Z, and then take huge initiatives to prevent that. When you're dealing with just a single or maybe two hospitals, sharing data is harder because obviously they're your rivals. You don't want to say like, oh, we had an anesthesia death over here. And then Happy Paws Veterinary Clinic goes, oh, you guys are not doing very well, are you? So that sharing of medical information, especially when it comes to medical mistakes, isn't going to happen between privately owned hospitals. But it, would, it sure would be nice. It sure would be nice if we could get a general sense of what was going on so that we could work to all preventing those. Um, I think just anesthesia and surgery mistakes in general are obviously probably high up there. You know, either the patient didn't respond well to the anesthesia or our anesthesia plan wasn't appropriate for that veterinary patient, or we don't know how to monitor that kind of ASA patient. Unfortunately, that is probably one of the highest deaths that we see is due to anesthesia or surgery mistakes. So checklists save lives. There is a ton of studies in the human medicine world that shows that they all decrease anesthesia and surgery mistakes when we use checklists. And this is what I hear from teams. I'm too busy to do a checklist, Amy. We're super busy. And you know, we do this every day. BS. I call BS. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter how many times you forget to do something. At some point, you're going to forget it. How many of you have forgotten to put on your car turn signal? Yeah, guilty, right? How many of you have forgotten to actually zip up your pants on occasion? I mean, this is something you do every day. You're probably pulling up a zipper. But on a rare occasion, you forgot to zipper your pants. How about your shoelaces? How about brushing the teeth? Sometimes you leave your house and you go, oh, I forgot to brush my teeth. When routines are routines, most of the time, the majority of the time, that routine will occur. 
But it doesn't matter how often you do it. At some point, you're going to forget a step. You're going to make a mistake. So checklists save lives. I would encourage you to check out AORN, which is the Association of Perioperative Registered Nurses. And they actually have some great checklists that you can use as a launching pad to creating your own veterinary anesthesia and surgery checklist. And the World Health Organization Anesthesia Safety Checklist is another wonderful um, checklist mechanism. And unfortunately, we have a lot of other nursing and doctor-related mistakes that occur. And it's, you know, things that we lose a dog or a cat. And unfortunately, in every veterinary hospital, at some point, there's going to be a lost cat. It's going to jump off the table. It's going to run around your hospital. And unfortunately, in some hospitals, that cat manages to escape outside or the dog manages to escape outside. You know, the veterinary technician or nurse was walking it outside. The dog all of a sudden turned um, got scared and pulled against the leash and now is gone in the middle of the street. Or we've got the surgeon that unfortunately, you know, cuts into the wrong kidney or we've got the wrong leg that gets amputated. Those things are real. Those things happen. There are a ton of veterinary technician, nursing, and doctor-related mistakes out there. This podcast can't actually cover all the medical mistakes that we have in our veterinary hospital, but I just want your brain to start thinking about things that may be occurring in your own hospital. But how do we respond to that medical mistake, okay? We talked about the importance of anonymous online reporting so that we can start building data so our employees don't feel scared to own up to their mistake. But as soon as the mistake is made, what, how do we respond to that? Maybe we don't even know the mistake got made because that person knew it wasn't that big of a deal. I put bunny quotes around it and just went online, did their anonymous reporting and a manager's gonna see that mistake later. What are we gonna do about that information? Well, if it's a major medical mistake where the animal has started to have some sort of harmful event because of the medical mistake and or is dying because of the major medical mistake, we need to work together as a team to try to decrease any further damage to that patient. A wrong injection was given. Great example, insulin overdose. You know, in every hospital that I've worked at, if it wasn't implemented prior, one of the things that I required was you are going to take out the bottle of insulin, you're going to draw it up, you're going to come over and show another veterinary technician, nurse, doctor, what you have. And so I would go up to somebody with my bottle of insulin, with my insulin already drawn up, and I'd say, tell me what you see. And they'd say, I see Humulin R, and you drew up three units. And I say, thank you. And so this is really important because the difference between four units versus three units could kill your veterinary patient. So let's just say someone draws up a whole mill of insulin. Now I know what you're thinking. That's impossible. You know what? It's not impossible. I've actually had it done. An owner did it, and believe it or not, the dog lived. I know that's shocking, but some owner drew up an entire ML and not thinking they grabbed the wrong syringe and they just thought one, and they went to the full one tuberculin syringe, one ML, and they injected all of it sub-Q and very quickly realized they had royally screwed up. You can't take that back. It's in the subcutaneous layer. Dog lived. But there you go. Every time you have a routine, it could be easily broken because your mind isn't thinking about something. So if you have this catastrophic event in the hospital, the entire team needs to work to improve the chance of a good outcome. That is the reality of what needs to happen. Now, the person who made the mistake, they might not be in a good mindset to help with that patient, but everybody else should be all hands on deck. Let's try to make sure this animal lives. Let's talk about notifying the client. 
all right, what do you want to report? Because there is a line. If you ask owners, they're going to want you to report everything. They're going to want you to report any perceived mistake, anything that might have caused an issue whatsoever. So in human medical studies, the patients in human medicine, absolutely hands down, I think it's like 75% Uh, in some of these studies, want to be notified of any mistake that is made of whether harm has occurred to them or their loved one. So it doesn't matter regardless of whether or not the harm actually happened or whether or not it was just a mistake that caused no harm at all. Human patients want to know. They want to know every little detail of what could have been and what should have been prevented. Okay. The consensus in human healthcare is that medical professionals should only disclose errors that result in serious harm to the patient. Therefore, if you were supposed to get a 500 mil bolus and you received a 600 mil bolus and no harm was happening to you, that wouldn't be disclosed to you. They're just going to go ahead and gloss over, report it on their anonymous medical error reporting, but you as the patient will never know. Now that upsets the patient. But we also have to realize that there was no harm to that patient. We have to learn uh, about how to prevent it in the future, but we don't necessarily need to disclose it. And that tends to be the biggest mindset out there is that we don't have to report every little thing, only the things that cause harm to a human patient. I would agree that that's probably the case in veterinary medicine as well. The reality is, is that minor things occur all the time and we don't tell our clients. That is just, you know, the nature of no harm, no foul, but there was still a mistake that was made and we need to work to prevent that mistake in the future. Now, if harm has occurred, we need to be honest. We need to be super honest. Studies have shown that in human medicine, full disclosure reduces the intention to sue as well as the size of the award if the case does go to court. Now, AVMA Plight, it's always available for consultation and advice, but you should not call and wait for a consultation before the client is notified. And unfortunately, this happens a lot in veterinary medicine. Patient dies and our first response is to call AVMA Plight and figure out legally what we should do. The patient died. There isn't anything else you're going to tell that client that the patient is dead and we're going to need to tell that client. And sooner is better. If they find out that you didn't really call until five or six hours later and notify them then, you are in some hot water. So definitely think about developing a hospital policy so that all the veterinarians, all the technicians and nurses, and even front desk knows how to respond to a medical, a major medical event. And stick to the facts. Disclose why the error happened. You know, I know a lot of people like to try to sugarcoat it to the client thinking they'll end up with less legal action. But a lot of clients have a thing called the internet. And the internet's really important because they can start searching and Googling the and figuring out and poking holes in your story. How will you work to prevent the reoccurrence in the future? You know, maybe that time that you first talked to the client, you don't actually have an answer. You just are overwhelmed by the fact that unfortunately we overdosed a patient on insulin. We didn't know we overdosed that patient on insulin. They started having seizures and now they are dead. We didn't know how to prevent it. And in that moment, we have to think about it in the future. But you, we want to offer that sincere apology. We want to offer true empathy. No matter how they react, it's probably appropriate, especially when it comes to a patient death. Make sure that you describe only what you know, not what you assume. And this is where a lot of leaders go wrong is they get on the phone and they say, oh, well, maybe the insulin 
overdose could have occurred because we were very busy and our vet tech was distracted or the doctor has really sloppy handwriting. Whoa, 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 slow the roll there. Everything you say is going to be held accountable in a court of law. So you want to be very careful to describe only what you know. We don't have the full details, but unfortunately, Fluffy died from an insulin overdose. We're looking into the reason why this occurred, and certainly we want to prevent it in the future. That's it. That's all you need to say. If you don't know the full story, make sure that you say when you're going to follow up with them. I'm going to get more information. I'm going to come back to you, but I wanted to tell you right away that this is what has happened. We also need to apologize and apologize on behalf of the entire hospital. Don't place the blame on one individual. Well, Amy, you know, she's been having some problems at home and I think that's really what is going on. I'm not making excuses for her. We are going to place the blame on the entire hospital. This is an employee of your hospital. I want you to rehearse what you're going to say and be prepared for the range of emotions. I want you to literally sit down across from somebody who has not been that fully invested emotionally in this case and say, this is what I'm going to tell the, the client. What does that sound like to you? It should be full of empathy, full of apology, and give only the details that you know, only the clear facts. All emotions are appropriate. So please refrain from the words like, you need to calm down. You're acting out of control. Or can you please stop crying? Do not do that. Let them have all of the emotions. Their pet just died. They just had the wrong limb amputated. Whatever happened as a major medical mistake, we need to own that. We need to let them go through and just keep repeating, I am so sorry. We are so sorry for you. I'm so sorry we're gonna get you more information. You have every right to be angry. You have every right to be sad. And especially if the patient has died, we wanna offer that family to come down and see their animal. Now, unfortunately, I've had veterinary hospitals who have prohibited pet owners from coming down and viewing the body. So please let them come down, no matter what happened, even if you took off the wrong limb and you know that patient died and bled out on the table or whatever it is that, that happened, no matter how ugly it was, they need to come down and get that closure if they want that type of closure. From here, yes, absolutely. Contact AVMA Play. Definitely look into what you need to do legally after that. But we want to own our mistakes. We want to follow up with the client. We want to try to mitigate the response. We want to take on the, the responsibility for the entire hospital, not just one person. And now in the future, we want to work towards preventing. This is probably the only peace of mind, especially when it comes to a pet dying because of a medical mistake that a client will get. If at the end of all of this, they can say, well, at least my pet didn't die in vain because it's going to help prevent this from ever occurring again, that is a huge relief and actually allows them to have some peace. This is well documented in human medicine. Whenever a medical error occurs or a human tragedy occurs, if the loved one or the living can look back on their life and realize they didn't die in vain, that this was going to be learn a learning experience so that the future, this never occurs again, that will provide a little bit of peace, not a lot of peace, don't get me wrong, people are still going to be angry or upset and sad and all of those range of emotions, but it is imperative that we explain to the client what we're going to do to work to prevent this in the future and they should know 
that we are learning from this mistake. Too often, unfortunately, a major medical mistake happens. The animal, unfortunately, suffers irreversible issues for the rest of its life or it died. And the uh, owner has no idea what is being done to prevent that in the future. So add them into that picture so that they know that we're going to work towards this ever happening again. Whether or not the employee is terminated is solely left up to the hospital, not the client. 100% the client's going to want that person fired. And when we look at human medicine, and we just recently came across a, a pretty loud international story that happened in May of 2022. So Vont was actually sentenced to three years probation on a diverted sentence. And it it's really shocking to a lot of registered nurses out there because most of the time what happens is when a doctor or nurse has unfortunately some medical error that occurs, they really only go to jail or they really are only are prosecuted when they had criminal intent to maim or kill the patient on purpose. Um, that's what malpractice does. Malpractice cases are often won in the favor of the medical community so that we pay out money to the person who was harmed or the person who you know lost a loved one but they get to still be a doctor or still be a nurse so the, the reality is with redonda she actually owned up to her medical mistake immediately the moment that she realized she had given the wrong medication she actually rushed to her doctors and informed them of her fatal mistake Unfortunately, she went ahead and administered a paralyzing drug instead of a sedative. They both actually had drug names with V-E. That's how they started. And she just grabbed the wrong drug. She ended up killing a 75-year-old woman, unfortunately. She immediately owned up to her mistakes. She was distraught. In fact, she is said to have said in the court that when this person died, a part of her also died with them. Unfortunately, despite having malpractice insurance and despite owning up to that mistake, she went to court and for a registered nurse to go to court and be prosecuted, unfortunately, this was a big deal. This means in the face of medicine, you can never make a mistake. And yes, it resulted in a patient's death, but she didn't do it intentionally. She's tired, she's overworked, just like veterinary technicians and doctors are, she pulled a VE name and just happened to give the wrong one because she wasn't paying attention. Um, the reality is, is that this was a precedented case. And for many registered nurses, it scared them, especially again, facing the labor shortages, facing the stress and the workload and having just gone through a pandemic where nurses and doctors were very much needed to know that you could be prosecuted for medical mistake was terrifying. The reality is, is that unfortunately this nurse has to live with what she did. Redonda has been very open and vocal that she is traumatized from the fact that she had basically played a role in killing a patient and, and she has to live with that for the rest of her life. In the end, she was sentenced to three years probation and the family actually in court said that they did not want to see her go to jail. She was honest in her mistake, but it was an interesting case that it even went to any sort of potential prosecution where she could have been facing jail time. So how do we manage that in veterinary medicine? Again, the client is absolutely going to want this employee terminated. But what kind of message does that send if we do terminate that employee? Does it say we don't care about our employees? If you screw up, we're going to cut ties with you. 
It's very fortunate that Redonda actually had the entire support of the world of registered nurses to come to her aid to literally protest outside of the courthouse and for luckily the world to see that they they didn't believe she should go to jail. But if you're a veterinary technician or a nurse or a doctor and you make a major medical mistake and your hospital fires you, what, what does that feel like? You're at your lowest low. Not only did the client win, but it also says we didn't care about you in the first place. Yeah, we knew it was an honest mistake, but really you're just an employee to us, so goodbye. So let me express again, unless the mistake was purposeful, it is best to support the team member. Again, if they had had a history of making a ton of mistakes that led up to it, maybe that could be cause for, for termination. But how we respond to that employee is equally important to how we respond to that client. So I would encourage you to reach out to your malpractice insurance, get some coaching, get some guidance on medical mistakes before they occur, because that's what they're there for. And Again, when one does occur, be very front up with the client. Make sure that they know a medical mistake occurred first. Give them only the details. Then contact malpractice. Figure out what you need to do in order to move forward on that. So the big thing at that point is then also to support the team. It's not only devastating to the, the client, but it's devastating to the person. Uh, definitely praise the individual for coming forward, no matter how small or how big the mistake is. Thank them for coming forward, because if they didn't come forward, you may not have found out that it was a small mistake. And if they didn't come forward, figure out why they didn't come forward. Likely people want to protect themselves. And so they're afraid of termination or retaliation. So if they're met with anger, disciplinary action, termination, or ostracized from the team, unfortunately, people are going to stop coming forward. You do need to document any medical mistake in their record. That you absolutely do need to do. But constantly putting them on probation or writing them up for the little things Probably not. Let's figure out why that mistake happened in the first place because they're probably not the only person to do it. Allow the employee who unfortunately had made the medical mistake to talk. There's employee assistance programs. Connect them with someone to talk to. Find a social worker. Find someone who is experienced in grief or loss, especially when if it resulted in a patient death. They must live with the facts and the team members who receive the support are more likely to be able to move on from the event and they're more likely to become better because of it. Involve that team member in how to prevent the mistake in the future. What exactly happened? Oh, you're working four overnights in a row and we had two drugs with the V name next to each other and you just happened to grab one injectable versus the other and you just happen to kill the patient that way, yeah, maybe that's what it is and we need to figure out how to prevent that in the future. I also do really love hospitals to consider morbidity and mortality rounds. Now, uh, M&M rounds are a great way to open up communication. And I think, you know, yeah, most of the time in human medicine, they're focused on a death of a patient, but I think it's any near miss or major medical issue that has occurred in our veterinary hospitals. So let's just say that unfortunately, we ended up shaving the wrong leg for surgery. And luckily, thank goodness, we did not take and do surgery on that leg. We realized once the patient was up on the surgery table, the doctor came in and said, I thought we were doing a right hind TPLO and the team had shaved the left hind TPLO. Okay, 
No harm, no foul. Just now we have a very bald dog. We now also have to get the patient off the table. We have to contact the owner. We have to wake the patient up. All of these things we're probably going to have to do. And we're going to have to explain to the owner that, hey, both legs are now shaved and here's why. Let's go and revisit what happened though. When we look at that case, it's simple. It's not a major medical mistake, but having everyone in a room to kind of do a dive into that case is a great way to open up communication about events that could have been done differently to avoid that mistake. Consider closing your clinic for half a day just to have this conversation. Now I know that's hard in specialty hospitals, but in normal general practice, just close it down and let's have that conversation about what could have been done differently. That spay almost died on the surgery table. Let's dive into that. Let's figure out what happened. Too often teams go, oh, well, sometimes these things happen and we just move away. No, let's dive into that spay. I want the front desk. I want the technicians. I want the nurses. I want the doctors. I want the owners there. I want everybody there to discuss this case. What happened from the time it got taken into the hospital to the time of its death on the table. And let's really analyze it. Because I guarantee you it's going to build the communication. At some point, usually during these conversations, I have a vet tech that says, ooh, I was too afraid to speak up. Or a doctor say, ah, oh, I second guess myself, right? So this is how we open up the doors to communication and fixing problems by talking about them. And then ultimately, again, figure out how we can prevent it in the future. There was probably some little event or some big event leading up to the tragedy or even the minor mistake. Most often, it, what has occurred is a very common state, mistake. So let's pull the team together and make sure that we fix systems so it doesn't occur again in the future. And regardless of who made the medical mistake, please have a unified team. You know, we want to make sure that we deliver the message, especially if we're in leadership. We're here to support each other. We're not here to gossip. We're not here to bash that person. We're not here to never trust that person again. It's really important that hospital leaders make a concerted effort to cultivate a healthy team environment so that we're here to be unified and we're here to support each other. And then make sure you address medical error reporting year round. Once you've created this internal system to, to report it, and again, it's anonymous and we're starting to look at it, share the data. Say, ooh, we had three catheters in the month of June that really, unfortunately, seemed a little bit like they might be slightly infected or cause some type of itis. Let's look at this process. Let's look at the system and then address it ideally biannually with the entire hospital and talk openly about mistakes. The reality is, is that medical error reporting in veterinary medicine sucks, people. It just sucks. And I'm hoping that this podcast makes you start thinking about what is happening in your own hospitals and ways that you can start looking into your own medical errors because they are occurring. They 100% are occurring, whether they be near misses minor mishaps or major events. They are happening in your hospitals and we need a better way to not only log the data, but then find solutions to address these problems. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope this challenges you to figuring out how to develop a solution for medical error reporting in your hospital. Thank you for all that you do. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com and keep on being a unicorn. (laughs) 